Welcome to A Bookish Home. I'm your host, librarian and writer, Laura Zara Pinsky. And today I'm so excited that Divi Owens is back on the podcast to discuss her two new books, Bookends, a memoir of love, loss, and literature, and a new picture book called Princess Charming. If you're a bookworm who somehow isn't familiar with Zibby yet, you are in for a treat because she is doing so many exciting things. Um, So a little more about her. Zibby Owens is an author, podcaster, publisher, CEO, and mother of four. She's the founder of Zibby Owens Media, and the three divisions of that include Zibby Books, a publishing house for fiction and memoir, Zcast, a podcast network powered by Acast, including Zibby's award-winning podcast, Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books, and Moms Don't Have Time to, a new content and community site, including Zibby's virtual book club events, and the former Moms Don't Have Time to Write. She's a regular columnist for Good Morning America, um, an editor of two anthologies, Moms Don't Have Time to Have Kids and Moms Don't Have Time to, a quarantine anthology, um, the new children's book, and the new memoir. Um, Zibby loves to write. She regularly pens personal essays, starting with her first one in Seventeen Magazine in 1992. Zibby lives in New York with her husband, Kyle Owens, of Morning Moon Productions and her four children. You can follow her on Instagram at Zibby Owens. Zibby, you have been very busy since we spoke last year, and I'm so excited to hear about it all. Yes, things have been a little crazy lately, but I'm not complaining. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's all so exciting. Um, Well, first, congratulations on the new memoir, Bookends, and on the picture book, Princess Charming. What has it been like bringing these books out into the world and connecting with readers over them? Oh, the reader piece has been just amazing. I've been getting the nicest emails from readers. Um, When I was a little girl, I used to try try to track down author phone numbers or, or addresses and I would write letters and now I sound creepy, but um, I would write sort of <laughs> fan mail and I wanted to make it easy for people. I didn't even know you could just reach out on Instagram until a few years ago and just like DM an author that they would probably write you back. That happened with me with Jill Santopolo and I couldn't believe it when I like wrote her crying in the middle of the night finishing A Light We Lost and then she wrote me back. So anyway, I put my email at the end of bookends to say, if you liked the book, just go ahead and email me at zibby at bookendsmemoir.com. And honestly, every day I'm getting messages from people. It's literally the most amazing thing. I read them at the breakfast table with my kids and I'm just like, you guys listen to this. And it's, it's just, it's just amazing. It's just really amazing. Like my whole goal was to reach people, make people feel less alone, connect. Um, And every email is like, it's just, I I can't even explain the joy and satisfaction and um, the smiles that these notes uh, put on my face. So I am, I am really elated. And, um, you know, this is, this is success to me. This is what I was trying to do. Oh, I love that. So nice. Well, with bookends, I'm curious, well, actually, I'm kind of curious first, which of the projects you started writing first. And um, in particular with the memoir, it seems like a big undertaking. And so I'm just wondering um, what the process would like was like, and was this over years and years? Kind of how did it all come to be? <sighs> well, I uh, <laughs> the short <laughs> version is um, I have been trying to tell some of the stories in the book for a very long time. When my best friend Stacy died on 9-11, I wrote about that first for the business school newspaper and just as much as I could to kind of process the loss and the grief. And then um, after business school ended, I took a year off to write a book and I wrote a whole 
memoir about what had happened, losing her, being at business school at the same time, you know, my own situation and, and all of that. And then I rewrote it as a novel and tried to sell it, uh, which ultimately didn't sell. So that was a bummer. So anyway, I put that aside. And then fast forward many years, I stayed home with my kids for 11 years and um, got divorced and remarried and all sorts of stuff. And then I decided to write another memoir called 40 Love about falling in love again at 40. And then I decided that was too personal. And so I wrote another novel, which didn't sell. And so this time I was like, you know what? I'm just going to write the memoir (laughs) Um, and really just put it all out there. And so I was like, I don't want to write a whole other book after all this. So I I actually sold it on proposal, but that took a while. The first proposal didn't sell. And it took until the second proposal where where I found the book theme to course through it. And that sold. And then I wrote it very quickly after that. So after the proposal sold, I wrote it in a couple months um, and then edited it for a couple months and here it is. So it's a long and short journey. I, I always think it's so helpful to hear those long winding publishing journeys. Um, and with the picture book, was that kind of spinning on a different wheel at the same time? Was that something you'd wanted to do for a while or did that just kind of um, The picture book fell in my lap. It was the craziest thing. Yes, I had written children's books for my kids for fun, um, but had not seriously thought about publishing them, certainly not recently. And um, a friend, not a friend, but somebody who, uh, an author who had been on my podcast, Karen Duquesne, who uh, came up to me at one of my salon events and said that her friend had moved houses and had just joined uh, Penguin Random House and was starting a new imprint called Flamingo. Would I be interested in having meeting her to discuss maybe doing a children's book? And I was like, yes, I would. That would be amazing. So she actually, we had lunch and she showed me a picture of an illustration of a girl. And she said, this is Princess Charming. It's not anything like what she looks like now. And in the picture, the girl was sitting on an audition bench and above it, it said tryouts. And she was sitting on the bench with like an elephant and, you know, other characters as always happens in children's books. Uh, (laughs) And she said, if this was Princess Charming uh, and you had to write a book about her, like, what would the story be behind this? What, how would you do the story? You want to take a shot at it? And I was like, sure. So anyway, I came up with this whole narrative and including like the last page and wrote the whole thing sort of that day. And I mean, compared to the many drafts of things I've written over the years, a children's book can only have a few words and yeah. part of the story has to be told in pictures. So uh, I did that. We edited it. I had one meeting where we worked on it together, and and that was pretty much it for the writing of that. So that was amazing. I mean, it's seriously amazing. Oh, that's so cool! And I love, um, I love the illustrations in it as well. It's just such a cute, cute story. I have my kids are like the target audience, so it's been fun to read it out loud to them, and it's just a really sweet story. Aww. Has it been fun to get to share that with kids? And have you done any like book events with? Um, I have, I have. Um, it was uh, great to do the Montclair Literary Festival in the pouring rain. <laughs> I brought my oh. kids and my dog, <laughs> and it was quite an experience that I will never forget. Um, but we did that, and I did a few other events. I went down to 
um, Nashville to pronounce his books. And that was amazing. And um, I did several other in-person events in New York at The Strand and over at the craft studio. And it's just been amazing getting to know. I did the New York Public Library, Shakespeare and Company. Um, yeah, it was wonderful seeing all the kids and just being there. I'm doing another event shortly out um, in Bridgehampton at a children's museum. So yes, it's been really fun seeing the kids and talking to them. Um, also really moving and wonderful talking to the parents. When I had kind of first started following you, it was sort of the beginning of the pandemic and you were doing so much to help support authors and get the word out virtually. And I'm wondering um, what the transition's been like, um, you know, now to be able to go on those physical tours and, um, you know, and go and physically be on morning shows or go to bookstores. And has it been difficult at all finding the balance between being in all these places physically and um, wearing all these different hats and traveling? And I would just imagine that that throws a whole nother element in. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> yes. Um, it's crazy, but uh, also wonderful. Um, I'm trying to do a lot of the travel when I don't have the kids, but that's proving to be impossible. And I am divorced and remarried, so I do have every other weekend where I can try to get somewhere Um with very quick trips. So I'm doing a very quick trip to LA this weekend and going to Seattle and San Francisco and each on a weekend. So I'm, you know, luckily I can work anywhere. So these long trips are fine. I don't, I don't mind. Um, but you know, today I'm driving two and a half hours to a book event and I'll be home after the kids go to bed and I feel really badly about it. But then I'm like, well, I don't know. I guess it's a big day for the Switch and the iPad. So anyway, um, they'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> they'll be fine. Well, um, you know, I, I think some of this might be in the memoir and some might just be from following along with you. But I've loved how you've talked about really bringing your kids kind of into this passion of yours and kind of, you know, modeling that excitement about your career and like having them be so involved. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I... Um, I bring them whenever I can. We just did an event. I did an event at Sag Harbor Bookstore during my pub week, which has been my only in-person event in the Hamptons this summer so far. And uh, it was with Amanda Fairbanks, who wrote The Lost Boys of Montauk, which is fabulous if you haven't read it. Anyway, I brought all the kids and Kyle and my mom came. And uh, it's just so nice for me to have them there. You know, they complain, but um, they, you know, I'm like, this is why I do it. And I said to them driving home, I'm like, listen, it doesn't matter who is there. The most important thing and the thing I'm going to remember about tonight is that you are all there and that like warms my heart more than anything. So they wrote, they helped me write Princess Charming, especially the prince, the second Princess Charming. The kids literally wrote with me, um, the little kids. And, you know, my daughter and I sat outside yesterday and I was reading whatever book I was preparing and she was reading bookends and it was just so great. So, oh, that's so um, nice. yeah. Um, going to sleep the other night, I was reading Darling Girl out loud to them, the new book by Liz Mikowski, and uh, it's about Peter Pan's grant, you know, it's sort of tangentially about Peter Pan. But anyway, I was like, it's close enough that I could read this to them until they fall asleep. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I like to tell them what I'm reading. I like to tell them who I'm interviewing. Um, I was just on CNN. I'm like, who wants to come? But then nobody wanted to come. And I was like, <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> so, so yeah, I try to, uh, 
let them know, even when I'm doing an email, you know, this morning, my daughter was getting ready for camp and was trying to ask me something and I was on my phone and I looked up and I was like, listen, here's what I'm writing right now and why. Let me read you the message that I got from this stranger. I don't know. That was so nice that I feel like I have to respond right away. So I read her the note and she's like, oh, that's so great. And then I kind of show her on my phone, like, here's what I'm writing now. I'm writing like, thank you so much. This made my day. Um, just so she sees I'm not just inaccessible, but I'm doing things that are things that I am trying to model, which is like saying thank you and, um, and, all, and all of that. So I don't know. I'm doing my best, <laughs> but we'll see how it goes. Well, I, I just, I think it's really wonderful to be bringing them into all of that and, and to be really leading by example in that way. You know, I was wondering too, with the memoir, just in terms of the writing process, there is, you know, you do suffer so much loss that you share in the book and, a lot of grief. And I just wondered, was it difficult to kind of occupy that headspace for a long time writing? And, and how did you kind of go back into these different periods of your life? Did you have like journals you went back to or or different things? How did you kind of tap into all of that? Well, I remember very well how I felt at the time. And it didn't really trigger stuff for me. I've written and rewritten so much about Stacy, at least, um, that it's not triggering emotionally. But some of the other things, um, I definitely like shed a tear or two writing some of the scenes, and uh, it was good. It was just crazy to me to see it all written out together. You know, even my dad was like, "Geez, trying to get through this, but uh, there's so much death here." And I'm like, "Well, you oh. know." Um, <sighs> Yeah. So I I mean, I have sort of like a newfound compassion for my younger self looking back. Um, But uh, it's been fine. It's, you know, it doesn't bother me to write. I I think of the stuff anyway. So the writing itself doesn't bother me. It doesn't trigger anything. It's not like that. Was it difficult to to, um, kind of figure out, I'm always interested with memoir, you know, you want to be so open and sort of making things personal is kind of what makes everything so relatable or what you think maybe is so personal winds up being kind of universal. Was it difficult to figure out what to um, keep private and what to include? And you're very open online, which I I love and and very relatable. And um, I just kind of wondered about how, the thought process sometimes um, is difficult to figure out what to make public and share. Um, I mean, I checked the manuscript with people b- before I published it and took a bunch of stuff out that made other people feel uncomfortable or they just would prefer not including. So for the people closest to me, I, I, I sort of got their blessing in terms of the things for me. Um, there were deeply personal things that I thought about taking out, but I'm like, you know, I just could hear the voice of all these authors before me always saying like, you have, like, if you're scared, put it in, you know, like that, the stuff that's most you is the stuff that people most relate to. And I'm like, I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to put this stuff in. And honestly, some of the stuff I had not talked to anybody about ever ever. <laughs> um, yeah. So I've even had like good friends of mine calling and being like, oh my gosh. So I just decided to to do it. Not in, in, in any kind of, uh, I mean, there's so much I didn't include, right? This is just a subset of all the many experiences of my life. But um, 
I'm comfortable with what I put in and I thought carefully about what not to put in and I'm not trying to be exhibitionist in, in the things that I included, right? I'm trying to do so in a tasteful way, um, sharing just enough that I'm letting people really in and get to know me, but not so much that I'm like, you know, disgust, disgusting anyone or anything. <laughs> no, not at all. I, yeah, I just thought it was really moving and insightful and, um, really funny at times too. And I think getting to, yeah, just get that window into your life for people that have followed along with you and everything has been really interesting. And of course, being a book lover, I loved all the thread about all the books that have meant a lot to you and your writing life and everything. Um, so yeah, highly, highly recommend it. And, you know, it makes kind of looking at all the projects you're doing even more exciting to kind of know um, more of your journey. And so I would love to hear more about Zibby Books, for instance, which is so exciting and kind of what prompted you to want to um, start the publishing house and kind of how it's all going. Yeah. Um, and I love that you feel that way. I, I I really do like people to know that I just started this whole thing. I mean, four years ago, right? I was I was at home with the kids. So I I am marveling at everything that's going on too, kind of like, oh my gosh, and now this. So um I, I know I sound maybe ridiculous on social media sometimes, but I am like legitimately super excited about everything. And I mean, I work really hard, but I still can't believe it sometimes. Um yes, Zippy Books. Very excited about Zippy Books. We have 12 books a year coming out starting next year. We've acquired 18 books, but have a couple offers out um, also now and are actively acquiring. Um, I have devised a new way with some big changes, some little changes of things that I would like to see as an author or ideas that I've seen that I think could be helpful to authors. Um, it all comes from a place of trying to help the fact that it's so difficult. Book discovery is so difficult. There are so many books that come out every year. How do you possibly stand out? So I'm trying to help in that effort. I'm trying to make a community around the authors. Um, I'm trying to sort of make a little book club essentially around the books that we launch and create a year of reading. So I, you know, I don't like reading too emotional memoirs about resilience back to back. Like I need to mix it up in between, right? Then maybe I'll read a novel or a literary thing, or then maybe a thrill. I don't know. I like to mix it up. So our year of books is, is intended to give everybody what they would need, not just all of the same thing um, over and over. Um, we have 700 plus book ambassadors all over the country who are helping us sell to the indies. We have an indie bookstore advisory board, a best-selling author advisory board. Um, we are partnering with brands. We are, um, you know, we're, we're doing a lot. We're restructuring, you know, to make things the best they possibly can be. We've just finally realized, finally, um, I guess finally finalized our, uh, pub dates for our first season of books and we're finishing the covers and it's very exciting. I mean, honestly, one of the most exciting days was figuring out like what paper stock and how big a cover and all these little things that for a book lover is just like, really, really exciting. So it's stressful. I, uh, you know, I don't post about it as much as everything else I realize, but I probably spend 75% of my time emailing and thinking about it and reading submissions. Maybe not 75, maybe 60%, but a lot of my time goes into running that company. And, um, 
all of the meetings and all of the, I mean, there's just a lot of stuff in running a home business. So, uh, yeah, but it's, it's great. So and then cool. I have, uh, yeah, it's really fun. It's, 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 it's fun, but we are making, you know, physical products and <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, and especially right now, I'm sure it's difficult to try to, um, figure out all the logistics and it is, is Zcast going to sort of be, um, you know, part of the promotion around the books or is that just kind of considered separate? Uh, Zcast is a collection of other podcasts I've launched. Some of the authors from Zimmy Books have their own podcasts, like Alicia Fernandez Miranda, um, who has Quit Your Day Job, and Julie Chavez, who has Ask a Librarian, and then other non-related podcasts. Um, my goal in all of them is to somehow help the listener with some piece of their life based on something, whether it's entertainment or feeling more bookish or even helping with an acting podcast coming out. Um, so I will hopefully use everything that's going on. We also have this new content site I'm excited about called moms don't have time to.com. It used to be moms don't have time to write on medium, but we've brought it in house and are going to be offering classes and articles and book reviews and, and, S personal essays. I love personal essays. So it's a big personal essay site. Um, and That's exciting. Yeah. What, what kind so, of classes? Uh, we have like a Shakespeare, uh, Jane Austen class that we're going to be offering. We have a writing class. Um, they'll be announced that we're shortly and hopefully uh, they, people can start taking the classes in September, sort of back to school ish oh, time. That's so cool. Yeah. Um, it's like everything, everything a bookworm needs is under yeah. the umbrella. That's very cool. Well, you know, as all of this is kind of coming to be and you're putting your own books out in the world and, and running this company and all these different um, aspects of it, what are kind of any, you know, big dreams that you still have? Or I guess kind of what, what does success look like to you these days? Because you've already accomplished so much now. Oh, well, I'm writing my novel now, which I sold. So that's due in March and will come out in the summer of 2024. Oh, so that's my next to do. Um, I, what does success look like? I mean, I'm, uh, I just want everything to get bigger. I want to reach more moms. I, I want to, honestly, I think it would look like if I could write an essay and have like lots of people read it without having a huge effort. Right? Like I feel like there's so much effort involved in anything I write, like marketing a book, marketing an essay, marketing something, um, marketing our new books. Like if I could just have an audience big enough that I could be like, this is our new Zibby book. You all have to go buy it, buy it. And then people bought it and loved it. Like that would be great. Um, <laughs> I would really love for that to happen somehow. Um, so just expanding, uh, the community, um, I really look forward to having more in-person events. We've had a few Moms Don't Have Time to events. They've been really special around different theater. Like at once we went all, went to a play in New York. Once we saw Candace Bushnell um, at the Carlisle. I, I really want to do that. I want to have Moms Don't Have Time to people sort of come out in all their communities and, and meet and connect and then um, form their own book groups. And I don't know. I just uh, – uh, yeah, amplification of the community – and growth. And, um, I'd really like to have a bookstore. So Ooh. I don't know. I, I, I would like to do that. And 
I would like to somehow still spend a lot of time with my kids and my husband and maybe every so often walk or get move my body for more than two <laughs> seconds a day. But uh, I'm not well, getting on the it, kids. So. You could have the kids working in the bookstore. Yes, <laughs> you <know>. totally. I <laughs> have my son is going to be working at my book fair next week in LA. So uh, I'm like, oh, get ready. So cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, as a as a reader and someone who follows along, that uh, everything that sounds like success to you sounds very exciting to me as potential things to be able to participate in or, or get involved in. So that's very cool, and I'm excited to kind of keep my eye on everything coming. Well, lastly, I would just love to hear, um, I'm sure that you have a list a mile long, but are there some books that you've been reading lately that you're excited about and would want to recommend? Um, I just finished reading The Perfect Other, A Memoir of My Sister by Kylie Letty. She wrote it when she was 23, which kind of makes me want to hate her, but it's so good. Um, <laughs> she's really uh, a beautiful writer, and it's about um, the journey she went through with her sister um, her sister's mental illness. And it was really good. Uh, I just, I hope that it gets, finds its audience because she's really talented and, um, and, and great. So I would recommend that. Wonderful. Well, I will definitely, um, link to your website and all the exciting things going on. And I hope that people pick up Bookend and Princess Charming um, at their local bookstore or get it at their local libraries. And I'm really excited to read the novel and just follow along with everything happening. So um, congratulations on the books and all the exciting endeavors. Um, and best of luck as you continue with all your projects. Oh, well, thank you so much. I Thank you for giving me the space to talk about myself and, uh, and everything I'm doing. So thank <laughs> you for giving us all the inside scoop. It's so fun. Oh, thanks. <laughs> For links to all of the books mentioned on this week's episode, you can visit abookishhome.com. And there you'll also find a link to our new online bookshop. Um, a Bookish Home has teamed up with the new organization bookshop.org, which supports independent bookstores. And if you'd like, you can browse books by authors who have been guests on a bookish home. I'm also sharing there all of the books mentioned on the podcast, books I've been reading lately, and other recommendations. It's a really wonderful site to browse and look through books, and if you make a purchase, it supports a bookish home and independent bookstores, so it's a win-win. So if you want to check that out directly, it's bookshop.org slash shop slash a bookish home, and you'll also find that at abookishhome.com. If you are enjoying the show, I hope you take a minute to subscribe and also rate and review in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you enjoyed this episode, I would encourage you to share it on social media to help other people find the show and this episode. Thanks for listening, everyone, and happy reading.